0: Greetings this morning. It's uh, good to see the house so well filled. Wasn't quite expecting to see uh, the group of youth here this morning, but I want you all to feel very welcome. I suppose, Anthony, you were a little bit shell-shocked as well, and that's, that's good. It's a good experience for us all. Title the message this morning, Preparing for the End at the Beginning. And no, I'm not talking about the end of the year. The last sermon I, I preached at uh, Pike on Thanksgiving had a conversation with uh, one of the leaders I'm not going to say who it was after the service and he made this comment he said I don't think our people are ready for the end kind of gripped my heart because it has been something that's maybe weighing on me because it's it boils down to this idea is like how do you prepare for the end I'm sure you've probably thought about maybe some of you younger ones not so much what will my end be like how, how many of you almost see it. how how many of y'all have thought of that it's exactly what i thought the younger ones just don't think of that as as much But I ask you to turn to uh, Daniel, chapter 12, and it gives us a little glimpse into the end. And I'm not big into eschatology, I'll I'll be the first to confess to you, I don't understand everything there is to understand on this whole thing of prophecy. And and Daniel's here, uh, is speaking... To prophecy, But uh, there's a few things here I think would do well to look at, and I appreciated so much this morning, um, the devotional, the songs, everything kind of lent itself to the message, and I was like, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And it just reminds me again how the Holy Spirit works in the lives of different people to bring about His purposes in a meeting. And it's because the Holy Spirit has interest in this meeting, this morning, and you're here for a reason and a purpose this morning. And it's because of something that God wants to share with you. And I find it daunting because God has asked me to do the meeting, the, the sermon this morning. And it's a lot of responsibility there. If I fail to do my job, I stand somewhat in judgment of my Lord and Savior for failing to do his bidding. Let's read. Daniel chapter 12, I'm going to read the entirety of the verse, chapter there, it's not that long. Daniel 12:1. and at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince, which standeth for the children of thy people, and there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation even to that same time, and at that time thy people shall be delivered, every one that shall be found written in the book. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. But thou, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book. Even to the time of the end, many shall run to and fro, knowledge shall be increased. Then I, Daniel, looked, and behold, there stood other two, The one on this side of the river, bank of the river, and the other on that side of the bank of the river. And one said unto the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, How long shall it be to the end of these wonders? And I heard the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, which when he held up his right hand and his left hand into heaven, and swear by him that liveth forever, that it shall be for a time, times, and a half. And when he shall have accomplished to scatter the power of the holy people, all these things shall be finished. And I heard, But I understood not. Then said I, O my Lord, what shall be the end of these things? And he said, Go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. Many shall be purified and made white and tried, but the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. And from the time that the daily sacrifice shall be taken away, and the abomination that maketh desolate set up, there shall be a thousand two hundred and ninety days. Blessed is he that waiteth and cometh to the thousand three hundred and five and thirty days, but go thou thy way till the end be, for thou shalt rest and stand in thy lot at the end of days. <coughs> There's a lot to unpack here in this passage of Scripture. Scripture. One of the things that I, that I find is fascinating is Michael, which is an archangel, stood up. And it seems to me that there, there's a fascination of mine in, in looking at that. Standing tells me just a little, about, little bit about the things in glory. Stephen in Acts 7.55, it says this, but he being full of the Holy Ghost looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. There's something profound that happens in glory when a heavenly being stands up. And Stephen, when he was about to, to die, he was giving testimony of his life, looks up and sees Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. Stephen was in trouble, and it is very likely we will run into trouble too. Notice trouble doesn't mean you will be delivered from death. It just says you will be delivered. I would much rather tell you this morning that death may come to you at your end by an execution and be wrong than to say you will be raptured and aren't. And in that moment, you have to face the painful difficulty of adjusting your belief. And at worst, you may lose out. You follow what I'm saying? The military does what they call an inoculation for those that get caught behind enemy lines and get interrogated. And they found out that inoculation, which means a testing, this is what you're going to face. This is how it's gonna look. This is the difficulty that they're gonna put you through. They're gonna torture you because they want information to find out what's going on on the enemy side. They found out that by inoculation, the chances of you divulging information to the enemy was much less than if they didn't do anything. So consider this an inoculation this morning for the end time. I firmly believe that when, and I know this is somewhat scary, you know, it's just like, is my execution going to be by a firing squad? Is it going to be by beheading? How's it going to be? We don't know that. But I don't think we need to fear that either. Daniel goes on to say some of these things, and I want to encourage you in this, that that our walk this morning, Leroy, that we have our eyes set on the goal, that we fix our gaze on the master. And, and there's, a lot of, um, there's a lot here to learn. But coming back to Stephen said, so the lost world knows nothing of a savior who stands for his children. May he stand for you in your moment. One of the first things that I find in this passage of Scripture is the first thing. It's just the most important thing, and often we miss the most important thing. And it's in the end of verse, in the first verse. Here, it says the first thing that I see is the utmost importance is every one that shall be found written in the book. Luke ten twenty says this. This is Christ speaking, notwithstanding. And this rejoice not. That the spirits are subject unto you, but rejoice because your names are written in heaven. That's, that's the thing that Jesus said we're, we're to rejoice over, okay? It's got to be in that written book of life. Revelations 3.5 says, He that overcometh, that sounds to me like somebody that went through difficulty, okay? If you overcame something, you came through a difficult time and you made it. That's overcoming. It doesn't sound like an easy trip out. Does rapture sound, and I'm not minimizing rapture this morning, don't get me wrong, I don't want you to believe that I don't believe in a rapture. I do believe in a rapture. But the Bible is clear on this thing of purging and difficulty and overcoming. You may think that your life now is a process of overcoming, and it is to a degree, but I want to warn you that there may be something that, comes, that is coming that may be far more difficult than what you can ever expect, and I want, to, I want you to be prepared for it, to inoculate. And I'm speaking to myself just as much as I am to you this morning. I, I, I want you to understand that. I don't have this all together. I, I, I don't stand here this morning and feel like, boy, when this comes, I'm ready. I'm not necessarily other than I know my name is written in glory. Some of you don't, um, younger generation, don't know some of the songs that I grew up with. But some of those old songs just, you don't hear them anymore. Mostly because I feel like the gospel has changed. How many of you have heard that song, please search the book again. Come on, how many of y'all? See, there's a a gauge gap there again. You younger generation really need to know this song because this is what has shaped us as older ones, maybe more than what we care to realize. I'm going to read it to you. He said, I dreamed I had died and gone to heaven, and I just stood just outside the eastern gate. The man from within said, have you been born again? is your name written in the book of life. And the chorus goes like this, please search the book again. I thought my name was there. I went to church on Sunday, though I never knelt in prayer. Please search the book again. It's too late now, I know. Please search the book again. Before you make me go. The second verse goes like this. I told him of the deeds that I had done. I told him of the trophies that I had won. But the man said to me, Child, have you been set free? Is your name written in the book of life. Verse 3 goes like this. And he turned and left me standing there. I knew it was too late for prayer. Oh, my sinner friend, if you'll make it in, your name must be in the book of life. And of course, again, please search the book again. I thought my name was there. I went to church on Sunday, though I never knelt in prayer. Please search the book again. It's too late now, I know. Please search the book again before you make me go. I don't find... That compelling message in the songs that I hear today, it's very blunt, and it's to the point. But if you're going to make it, if you're going to be an overcomer, your name's going to have to be in that book of life. And I was thinking about that, is it all right to ask God if my name is written in that book of life? I think his spirit can communicate to you if it's there or not. But in that book of life, there's also a blotter. And if you know what a blotter is, that it means it means to cross out your name. It means that your name could have been there, but was taken out. Because Christ even says, I will blot his name out of the book of life. That means your name was at one point there and can be removed. Let's look at verse 2 there. And many of them that sleep in dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Verse 2 explains two different kinds of people. Some to everlasting life, some to everlasting shame and contempt. You don't get to the place of everlasting shame and contempt without having contempt for the things of God and God's Word now. What you die with is what you will resurrected with. Verse 3 it says this the wise will shine. And I was thinking about Moses and spending time alone with God on the mount. And when he came down, he shone. Literally. So much so that he had to put a veil over his head. Now, I can't imagine what that must have looked like. It would have been very fearful, I suppose, if you were of the children of Israel and you were standing at the base of the mount and here comes Moses walking down from the mountaintop, and his face just literally beamed. You know, if we want to shine, we got to spend time alone with God too. And that's not necessarily a literal shine, but I do feel like in a, in a figurative sense, The more time we spend with God, the more time we spend in His Word, there's a a radiance that comes from our countenance. That many will wonder, what have you been up to? And um, show them. Here it also says that soul winners will shine as the stars forever and ever. You want to shine as a star? The world has its stars, but do you really want to shine as a star? Be a soul winner. Verse 4 is an interesting verse. It says, But thou, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. Are we there yet? I can't imagine how Daniel must have felt when he wrote this, when the fastest mode of transportation was probably a horse. And today, we can get on a plane and probably within 24 hours, almost be anywhere in the world if you have good connecting flights. You ever think of that? Isn't that prophecy fulfilled here? Many shall run to and fro. You looked up in the sky recently. Jet streaks going everywhere. An amazing network of flights and 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 I have a fascination with that anyway. At at some point in time of the day, there is literally close to 16,000 flights in the air at any given moment. And they're not hitting each other. But I'm just saying, at, at 16,000. Can you that's just airplanes. That's not people. That's planes flying through the air. 16,000 of them. And it's not counting some of these smaller ones that are flying down low that are not on radar. I'm just saying, people are running to and fro. So that prophecy, we're there now. Knowledge shall be increased. How about that one? How many of you have heard of artificial intelligence? Do you think it's dangerous? amazing. My son-in-law used it one day. He said, write a poem about my father-in-law. He's a preacher and likes to hunt. In three seconds, he had a poem that was four paragraphs long, and it was absolutely amazing to me. A A poem about me, you know. All he did is give it just a few bits of information, and poof, there it was. I hope and pray that nobody starts using AI, artificial intelligence, for summer preparation. And yet I'm afraid that's gonna be a temptation. Knowledge will be increased Wisdom, we don't have as much. It seems like wisdom only comes from God, or at least it it appears in this this passage here that wisdom only comes from God, and and with that is understanding, and that is something that AI can't touch. Okay? I want to be very clear with that. AI can't plan your morning worship service and be on target, okay? Only God's Spirit can do that. And AI does not have a connection to the Spirit of the Lord. And I would feel like this is where Satan has a way of coming in and and taking us in directions that we should not go. Many will run to and fro. Knowledge will be increased. But wisdom, not so much. Daniel 11:35 says, "And some of them of understanding shall fall to try them to make them white, even to the time of the end, for it is yet for a time appointed." You see, it's um, you can have all the understanding and still fail, still fall, and God knows that. And in His mercy, He's going to take you through a time of trial. To purify you. It says so. To be made white. And white is symbolic of of pure in its entirety. Weeding out those things that need to be weeded out. So with understanding, there's that verse of uh, purified... Difficult. And this is in verse ten, by the way. I skipped across some of those. It says many shall be purified, made white, tried. But the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand. But the wise shall understand. Three things there: purified, made white, and tried. Purified. Our difficulties are given to us to count any earthly draw as nothing in comparison to the heavenly. At this point this morning, there's probably things that, that can pull for us to stay here. Whether it may be loved ones, it may be life is going good, you're enjoying relationships, you're enjoying things. Those things start losing value when those that you love start going home. And when you have more loved ones on the other side than on this side, I think all of us would say just let me go home too. We have a yearning for the other side. See, the younger generation, you you probably don't have quite that strong of a feeling for that. And that's okay. Life will give you enough eventually to where that longing to be on the other side is greater than the pull to stay here. And I think Paul was there He said, to be absent from you is to be present with the Lord. That's wonderful. But he was caught in a strait betwixt two because he wanted to be here and help and and build a church and and encourage and bless. And yet he wanted to go to the other side. Made white. Not having spot or wrinkle. Ephesians 5 Twenty-seven says this that he might present it to himself a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing but it should be holy and without blemish and I know it's speaking largely about the relationship between husband and wife and the church and the bride of Christ and how that how that's beautiful and everything and I I've shared this before you look at some of those really old pictures and you see the lady seated and the man standing. No, just the opposite. The man sitting and the lady standing behind, behind him. Seems odd to us now. How many of y'all seen some of those old old wedding pictures? Okay, you know what I'm Do you know why she was standing? Was she lording it over her husband, or what was the reason? I firmly believe the reason that she always stayed standing after she was dressed for the wedding day was so that her dress would not have wrinkle or spot. The question is, is this church wrinkle free and spot free? That's who Christ is coming for. That's who's going home with him to glory. You see, I can come to church every Sunday, I can dress up every Sunday and come to church. But if my robe is not wrinkle-free and spot-free, I'm not going home to be with Jesus. Because He is coming for a bride that is pure and is made white. And the last one there is on tried, tested to see your true material. God has a way of testing your metal. He'll take it through fire. He'll take it through difficulty. The ultimate purpose for this time is is purity. And if you have wisdom, you will understand. God has promised this. There is a verse in Daniel 1.8. I'm just going to read it to you. That I think is very profound. It says this, "...but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself." There's a close connection here between the first part of Daniel and Daniel 1.8 where Daniel says, but Daniel purposed in his heart and the last chapter of Daniel where God is communicating to him a lot of things about what's to come. My Bible says that in the end days the young men will see visions and the old men shall dream dreams. We don't put a whole lot of stock in dreams I know today but I think there will be coming a time when dreams are going to be Real. And we'll have understanding. And see, this understanding thing that God gives is so much greater than what can be um, always communicated. You have this, uh, this understanding that uh, of how things are. You, you, you become inoculated. When, you have, when you're connected to, to the One who is the God of the beginning and is also the God of the end, the God of the beginning can help us understand what is coming, and prepare our hearts to be able to make it. To be the overcomer. Verse 11 and 12. I'm not even going to act like I know exactly what this means. Look at it from there with me. It gives dates, okay? A thousand two hundred and ninety days. Blessed is he that waiteth and cometh to the thousand three hundred and five and thirty days. Days can be defined as a year here. Or maybe it's more of a question for me. Is one day a year as defined? It can be according to Hebrew word. I want to encourage you to reach for day number forty five. Because day forty five says you will be blessed. Hang on. Hang on tight for day 45. There is another song I'd like to read to you because I think I I, I love the song and how, how it says it. It goes like this. What will it be like? When my faith is done and all the worries of this world just fade away? What will it be like when you call my name in that moment when I see your face to face, waiting my whole life to hear you say, Well done, well done, my good and faithful one. Welcome to the place where you belong. Well done, well done, my beloved child. You have run the race. And now you're home. Welcome to the place where you belong. Second verse, what will it be like when all tears are washed away and every broken thing will finally be made whole? What will it be like when I finally come into your glory standing in the presence of a love so beautiful waiting my whole life for that day? I'll live my whole life to hear you say, well done, Well done. My good and faithful one, welcome to the place where you belong. Well done, well done, my beloved child. You have run the race, and now you're home. Welcome to the place where you belong. What will it be like when I hear that sound? All of heaven's angels crying out, singing, Holy, holy, holy are you, Lord. Singing, holy, holy, holy are you, Lord. Singing, holy, holy, holy are you, Lord. Waiting my whole life for that day. Until until then, I'll live to hear you say, well done. Are we prepared for this beginning? At the end? Jesus. Won't be standing for you if your name is not in the book of life. Let's have a song.